All right, welcome to this episode of Beer and Ray Guns, where uh, two kind of old guys sit down with a microphone, crack a cold one, talk a little sci-fi, a little sci-fact, and try to answer the mysteries of the universe. Ooh. I should have, we should have some kind of yeah, like, we like don't... universe music playing right there. <laughs> yeah, you got to like add a, a reverb to your voice when you say that. The mysteries, mysteries, mysteries of the universe, 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 universe. <laughs> Dub some theremin music in there. Yeah, 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 and and following up from our last podcast, um, Artemis was a bust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it had a little gas Optimus. leak there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you got your pessimists who are like, yeah, see, I told you so. And your optimists who are like, no, 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 really, it was very smart, very wise of them to be very cautious and, and, and extra safe and, yeah. and, you know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 saw, I, saw, I saw a post. I'll do this real quick and then we'll do the beer. <laughs> oh, yes, very important. <laughs> yes. I saw a post that's, that pretty much said that almost every single Apollo mission – had some kind of failure at some point. <laughs> one of them, a really big, bad one that went boom. Well, yeah. Yeah. And another one where Tom Hanks just pulled him out of nowhere and got him home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, when, when that movie, when that movie, when that movie premiered, my mom was a school teacher. And there were some new school teachers that were, you know, young, you know, just fresh out of college. And they were talking about the movie. And one of them said to her, I had no idea how it was going to end. <laughs> you mean they didn't make that up? You, you mean hey, it, it wasn't fiction? Said she stood there like, What? <laughs> Well, at least they didn't say something like, wow, I missed the first 12 Apollo movies. I wonder if they were any good. It, it's, only, it's only the odd-numbered Apollo movies that are good. The, the even numbers are, duh, oh, they all suck. You know? Yes, yes, yes. Which just goes to prove that sometimes failure is an option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right all right all right let's 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 move on to the bruise before this gets way carried away <laughs> before we before we make all every apollo 13 joke we can think of in our vast repertoire here yeah. well all right you go first all right i am indulging in a uh devil's backbone vienna lager in my star trek oh, look at that brew glass is that it? Wait, let me see that glass yeah. again. That is okay. It's got your name on it, yeah. but it is a Starfleet logo. Yes, it is. It's a really cool one for all for all you listeners at home. <laughs> trust me, it's really cool looking. Yes, and that would be that's next gen logo because it's got the. This, I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, it looks pretty star, stylized. Cause, cause my mom gave me this a couple years ago for my birthday, and okay. um. um the, the, the you got glass, a cool mom. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> she gave she gave me her Star Trek chess set. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, you have a mother who has a Star Trek chess set. <laughs> Second of all, she gave it to you. You know, this just gets better. This is better and better. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got it's got all the um, it's it's got the all the Federation pieces on one side and Klingon on the other. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. So Kirk is the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to dig that out. Oop. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's a round chessboard with a square in it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 I really kind of cool. I have to dig that out. I'm, I'm gonna have to dig that out. Yeah, that's more fun than the beer. <laughs> yeah, you know, a beer needs a good glass as part of the story you know it, yes. it adds it adds character to the beer yes 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 and it well, is, is is beer if it was the klingon emblem it would be blood wine <laughs> i was gonna say there, there could only be one thing you drink in that yes i will have my blood wine and my guck <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have a bowl of guck right here all right, so what's in your glass tonight? Well, my glass is actually kind of, it ended up being a surprise. I was originally going to have a, um, I was also going to have a lager tonight uh, from Flying Dog, Ooh. which is one of your favorites. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got a, a um, six pack bottles of that and was all set to uh, have that, but the my the wife my wife my spouse went to visit a um a uh, her her one of her favorite uh liquor stores not not that she has a whole slew <laughs> i know i don't want to give the wrong impression here i she went to a liquor store let's let's dub it that way all right she went to a yeah, liquor yeah, unlike store unlike me who walks in and everybody goes brad yeah right right it's like it's like an episode of cheers yes. you know the, you hear the audience clapping <laughs> everybody stops and waves yeah no this this was um this is a an, a really nice liquor store that has a really really nice rotating uh selection of of beers on tap and they sell really and they sell um stainless steel growlers so Ooh. we bought one of their stainless steel growlers which and we go back every now and then to fill it up and this time i had to take a picture of it so that i could remember uh what it was it's the el rio uh imperial stout with peanut butter and caramel Ooh. from the aslan beer company of i believe Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah, I've, 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 I have heard. I've had some things by Aslan, but I have not had that stout. Wow. It is. It is a. Uh, I was. I was with her when she bought it, and they gave her a little sample to try it, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> sure." Twist my arm. It is. Um, I mean, imagine. So you know, first of all, it's a. It's a. It's. It's. Um, actually, it's bourbon barrel aged imperial stout sorry i left that part out so so right off the bat you've got a bourbon you've, you've got an imperial stout which is you know dense uh -huh. bourbon barrel aged so you got that nice overtone and then you just throw in 
peanut butter and caramel. And it's like, that is either going to suck the donkey's balls or it is going to be subtler than silk satin sheets, right? So it is, it is so, first of all, when you bring the glass up to your face, I mean, look at how dark this is, right? I mean, oh my. this is absorbing light. <laughs> Everything around it is getting darker. It's a freaking black hole in a glass. All right. So I bring it up about six inches from my nose. I'm already picking this up and it smells like a demented, psychotic Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, God. It's really the only way to describe it. And it is, it's, it, when you when it's very very smooth, deceptively smooth on the tongue, uh-huh. it actually tastes. It actually feels like syrup. It feels thicker than it is. It feels. <laughs> the only way to describe it is like it, it, it has the texture of maple syrup on your tongue. Oh wow! It, it's this bizarre illusion because you look at it and it's like yeah, it's just normal liquid, but man, it just it's creamy. And and like so it's, liquid candy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know the caramel. You know you've got that sweetness with of the caramel, which hits the bourbon, and it just I don't know. The chemistry is really really nice, and it's also eleven percent ABV, so it doesn't well, hurt well, of either. Of course, it is. You can't get into the imperial range without breaking it exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's potent. (laughs) We were going to talk about something. I don't know. I have no idea what we, this one is off the rail. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's morphine. Pick a random word and we'll talk about that. It's morphine. Well, we were going to talk about sci-fi design and we were going to talk about sci-fi design because, um, because of Artemis, because it just, uh, there, there, there's a, a design element to it that kind of, you know, we, we talked about how it kind of touches a little bit of what the shuttle looked like and, yeah. you know, and there's this whole kind of this nostalgia thing. And, and, and we've, we've kind of talked about this before, but one of the things that I was thinking about was, you know, in, in, in our mainstream sci-fi movies, and I'm going to, I'm going to use movies here because obviously they're, they're they're visual and, and they, they have a definitive design. Whereas, you know, in a novel or something, you kind of, the author can give you an impression, but everybody's kind of vision of it, you know, might be a little bit different. So, so, so within the movies, it seemed like, you know, in star Wars, there's a distinct design criteria and it just seemed blocky. If that makes any sense, nothing really seemed organic other than, um, 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 Princess Amidala's Queen Amidala's um, shuttle. It was very sleek. That sleek silver, yeah, chrome. the sleek silver chrome thing. But everybody, yep. everything kind of seemed kind of blocky and and very geometric with X's and Y's and triangles. And you know, and in Star Trek, there's a definite design element to to the the, the starships. They all take on this, um, you know, they all take on a similar look. And mm-hmm. going a little bit deeper into this, I've seen some um, fan designs of starships from Star Trek, and some of them are very interesting because they've taken and they've they've blended the Enterprise with the 
Klingon design and it was like here's this kind of saucer looking section that's got a little groove cut out in the front for like it's a deflector but the the cells are down on the bottom like the Klingon warbirds were and I was like that's really kind of an interesting concept and design and it kind of got me thinking about you know how how visually in movies they progress things over time and what happens when they don't yes you know star trek has a real continuity in its in its aesthetic yes that you you can recognize a ship from the star trek universe particularly starfleet ships yeah. because they have they have those they have those basic design elements you you have a, a main hull a secondary hull and two engines and how you arrange those may change but for the most part it's going to have some variation on those elements and like a lot of the future ships like um you know ships from I, I don't even remember the episodes, but like when they'll have like you, you can see the Enterprise from the future or, or other things. The the or even like Voyager, yeah. like Voyager, instead of a a round saucer, it's got something that looks very much like a, a, a spade or a shovel, yep. you know, even a spoon. But it's still it's and it's very blended body. It doesn't have like a distinctive neck. The primary and secondary hulls are very close together, but it's still got that recognizable combination and you go, Oh, that's gotta be a starship. Right. Right. And they did a fantastic job with, with discovery because I mean, discovery spoiler alert um, discovery. They end up 900 years in the future and that design is maintained, but they kind of accentuated things. The nacelles are detachable and move and it all works with the programmable matter that they've developed and, in you know 900 years in the future and they have the the hulls are sleeker but they're maybe not as round they kind of have that voyager kind of uh spade shape to it the tip of the spear kind of thing but the textures all changed and i thought that was something really interesting and that's i think going back to star wars and the 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 this the, the, there's a texture element to yes. everything that I think speaks more when you start to see it. That that's one of the things that I've I've had a love hate relationship with in in spaceship design in TV shows and movies is the um, the the peanut butter theory. You know, you either have smooth <laughs> and creamy or chunky. You know, and yes. the, the the classic TV Starship Enterprise was a single color. You know, it was it, first of all it was very smooth. Mm-hmm. With a few exceptions, it had a few bumps on the engines that made it look kind of engine-y. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the hull, the saucer, all that stuff was very, very smooth. And that became even more accentuated in Star Trek The Motion Picture and, and the early movies when when you could see the Enterprise up close. And, yeah, you could see the individual. Obviously, they didn't, like, spray paint the new Enterprise mm-hmm. the way they had spray painted the original but you could so you could see the all the different little plates but it was still aside from like maybe the grid you know that kind of the the grid on the saucer very 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 smooth sleek mm-hmm. hull and then with and then you know meanwhile star wars and and space 1999 and outland and silent running you have these very industrial spaceship designs that are very modular and they've got strong back 
you know, bracing and mm-hmm. wiring and hanging off the ends and engines, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. engine bells sticking out. And that, that has a real nice aesthetic too. But for me, what, what kind of fuzzed it for me was when, when Next Generation came along, you had a very, very large enterprise, but you could very visibly see that this hull was covered in bumpies. Like the plates didn't line up. It was almost like, to me, it looked like, <laughs> oh God, they did a really bad job welding this thing together. I mean, all these plates don't line up. They're bumpy. Some are higher and some are lower and you got these dents. And yeah. it's like, wait a minute, because the ship is so huge that if you are seeing those bumps, they must be like, you know, three feet <laughs> tall if you're standing on the hull of the ship. It's like, well, why couldn't we, they have, where'd that come from? Doesn't that like ruin the warp dynamics or something? Oh, well, well, I, I don't think so. Because, I mean, they, they extend the warp bubble out and everything moves around the Well, bubble. yeah, I know. But, but, but no, 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 no. But, but we saw in one of the, the next generation mission pictures when the, the escape pods, and that's what they were. They were the little little things, but you're right. The, the the texture and the whole thing of it seemed to to change. Yeah, and then by the time Voyager came along, I mean Voyager is a bumpy ship, mm-hmm. and up to a point that you know I, I I'm not like I'm I'm not a smoothie versus bumpy <laughs> person. I think they both both aesthetics are really really nice, but to my mind, having established early on in Star Trek that ships for whatever reason are have aerodynamic, you know, smooth hulls for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, whatever Canon or non Canon Uh fanon explanation you want to come up with, they're smooth. And then to all of a sudden have them start violating that. It it just feels like (laughs) not paying attention or something, but, because, I mean, imagine imagine a bunch of smooth Star Wars ships. I mean, aside from Princess Amidala's cruiser, yeah. that that's the standout. And that's what makes it stand out is like, wow, look how sleek that thing yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Millennium Falcon was covered with little hoses and pits and bumps exactly. and ridges and stuff. And if, you, but so if was, you've ever, by the way, sidebar, if you ever get to see the Millennium Falcon model up close and you happen to be a model builder, go go look at that with a bunch of model builders because they will you will listen you listen and they go, Oh yeah, that's the Ravel seventy second scale B fifty two engines and oh yeah, look, that's that's the Tamiya one three fiftieth uh USS Missouri turret with a you know, I mean you can literally you can identify the models that they cobbled together (laughs) and even i and i'm a you know i used to be a huge model maker when i was a kid even i was able to pick out a bunch of them (laughs) and go oh yeah i built that kit i really had that kit i know that piece oh yeah that's that's when they built the models practically and they didn't generate it in you know cgi but you have to think too the funny thing is if you really want to generate a cgi Millennium Falcon that's accurate, you're going to have to recreate all those model parts. <laughs> yes. You might as well just build it from <laughs> model parts again. But you also have to keep in mind, too, that the, what was happening all around was the space shuttle was, you know, real life. It was a bumpy, bumpy craft with all those, the, in, the spa- we, with all those no. individual tiles. 
glued on the bottom. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. You know, yes. so, so they're mimicking that. And when I look at Starship, I see a bumpy Starship. I mean, granted, it's not in its final polished metal, super shiny, like, artist rendering drawing of it. I mean, it's still, you right. know. But, you know, it's 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 interesting because the publications back in the day and in, in uh, the 60s were the smooth, shiny starships. They were these smooth, shiny cars. Everything was smooth, right. very shiny, sleek, very bubble, sleek. Bubble tops. And- yeah, and then they decided to add all this detail, and I'm not... I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can't speak for certain whether or not the shuttle had anything to do with it or the Apollo missions because the, the, the rockets did have little ridges in them. Maybe they were trying to sure. to mimic that, but there are awful. Well, it does give you it does give you a sense of authenticity. Like if you look at a space nineteen ninety nine Eagle, that really looks like a practical spaceship, in part because it looks cobbled together from different parts that stick out at odd angles. I mean, it it looks utilitarian as opposed to really sleek. And that's, yes, everything, you're right, everything has this utilitarian kind of industrialized look. Yeah. And I, I'm curious as to where it came from and why. You know, That's a really interesting question. Like, where what would have been the first movie or TV show to show a spaceship that was, you know, I'm going to just, I wonder if, if 2001 would be the first or. Well, 2001. I'm trying to think of old movies before 2001 that, that wouldn't have had sleek rocket fins and, and, or flying saucers. And 2001 had the, the space plane, the Pan Am one. Right, it's very yes. sleek, very Concord looking. Yes, but um, it also had the Discovery. Yeah, which was very, which was modular. You know, I mean, the whole backbone is just pod after pod after pod. Right, and then the 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 moon shuttle, the the round the round moon shuttle yep. that that landed on the moon was like this big. You know what that thing looked like? It looked like the escape pod from Star Wars. Oh yeah, it kind of did. And then they had the lunar, a little, little, little more portly. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. And then they had the lunar spider-looking thing that took them out to the to the dig site. Yes, right. You know, and yep. and 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 again, and and I got handed to to their design team that put that together. It looked very realistic. Like this is something that humans would actually and could actually build. Same yeah. thing with Space 1999, and I think that was one of the things that kind of a you know kind of not necessarily attracted me to it, but kind of kept me interested in it was it was like. You know, the Eagle was, the, I I had one as a kid. It was like, like two and a half yeah. feet long. <laughs> right. You know? yes, yes. And the, the front came off of it. I could put, you know, Alan in there to fly the thing and, you know. To crash it. Crash it. You know, and it was Eagle One. And, you know, I'd fly it off in a mission to the other bedroom. I don't know, attack Barbie or something. And. <laughs> Yeah, Barbie was like this fifty-foot-tall killer space yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the giant woman of whatever planet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was it was very practical in its design and utilitarian. And I think I don't know. Maybe it was a call for the need to 
industrialized space or the thought of industrializing space, you know, with the advent of the shuttle, this is going to be our, our truck, our backbone to get things up there. So maybe it kind of echoed that, but I have seen in, in, in sci-fi movies in particular, much more of that, like you said, industrial type of stuff. I mean, one of the big things that comes to mind is, is the Notre Dame. This one from alien. I mean, this thing was freaking oh, huge yeah. and looked like, right. you know, flying city. Um, I don't really remember seeing too much of this more fluid kind of organic thing with the exception of the abyss, which I would call science fiction oh. and close oh, encounters. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, they had balls of light and they had that, that, that city type of thing that was spiky, but that's still very, very smooth. Well, yeah, yeah. The the top half was all spiky, and yeah. the bottom was this big hemisphere, like this big dome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and that true. was interesting. And in, in, in the stories, the alien designs seemed to be more organic looking, whereas the the humans seemed to be have that more blocky kind of industrial take. And I and I wonder if it it, it that that played in some kind of contrast within the designers' minds. And if they followed the cues of everybody before them, they just kept building on this and they built on that. And I don't see anybody. I sure. can't recall anybody really just stepping out. That's a really good point. It, it because it, it almost seems like the, the, the smooth and sleek organic design aesthetic is all is employed more and more to represent alien spacecraft because it stands in such contrast to what mm-hmm. has become the standard vocabulary of human made spaceships, yep. which is blocky pipes sticking out everywhere, which is, you know, the, it, it's funny because all of a sudden the, 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 the great exception to that occurs immediately, which is the Borg ships <laughs> are, you know, is nothing but, you know, pipes and tubes and, and sticky add on things. Yeah, so what's this Borg ship going to look like? It's a giant cube. <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know all the you know how when we build a ship, the the spaceships and we we bash all these model kits and we use all the parts on the on our ships and you got all those little sprues left over? Yes. You know all the little skeleton pieces, the pipes and shit. We're going to make it out of that. <laughs> Well, you know, we have been saving those up. We, you know, they they keep piling up. We didn't know what to do with them. So, yeah, we'll just, okay, Borg ship. Right on. Cost saving measures in production. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of thing, you know, when you start talking about, you know, big picture design, because we moved, you know, from that that sleekness of the fifties and the the sixties into um, Paul just lost a light. I lost the light. I went dark. <laughs> oh, it's, battery battery died on it. I thought I had plugged it in, but it was running off battery. So uh, no, it, it's it's the beer. <laughs> it just finally. Yeah, I, I moved my glass of beer too close to the light, and it just sucked all the light out of it. But but now my beer tastes really really. It, my beer is glowing in my mouth. You know when I burp, I just emit light. 
man. Well, I went down an unexpected direction there. <laughs> we were wrapping up so nicely, too. Yeah, I know, Darn it. I know, I'm I sorry. We were, we were, we totally were, destroyed that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul's, Paul's beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dense it can even suck a conversation <laughs> off track. If you put it too close to the computer. Yeah, but we, we, I mean, we had all this, this beautiful sleek design in the 50s and, 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 and somewhat into the 60s. And then we started getting away with that. You know, in the 70s, I think kind of ushered in the shapes. We kind of got shapes out of the yeah. 70s. And then we started getting into this real industrial, industrial look. And I'm wondering, you know, what new science fiction movies, things that we haven't seen before, you know, not, not prequels and, sequels and prequel sequel sequel prequels and if you want to talk know about that check our podcast list um <laughs> and link in the show notes yeah, link in the show notes and i, I wonder what what it's going to bring if we're, if we're going to see a return to sleekness or we're going to see more practical approaches to the utilitarian look it's, it, it's kind of interesting to think yeah it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that and see what the next, um, yeah, what what the next generation of aesthetic is because you've got a bunch of you got a bunch of young producers and directors coming up and designers who you know are have tools that were unimaginable <laughs> when they were cobbling together the Star Trek universe and there, there's no reason for them to limit themselves to the way it's always been done. They're going to, they're going to go in directions that, yeah, I, I can't wait to see. Yeah. 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 We all looking forward to that, that and Artemis finally flying. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just hope that I hope we don't get to the part where we replace when pigs fly with (laughs) when Artemis flies. No, no, no. I, or I, something like, you know, we're on Boeing time. <laughs> it's only two years in Boeing years. In NASA years. We don't want we don't want it to be like that. We we cheer them on. We want them to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And there's always Starship. So and those are real ones, and and which you know, hey, you want to talk about design aesthetic? There's a ship that is a complete throwback to the fifties. It is a sleek chrome tube, yes, with fins on the bottom. I mean, that is that is an a- absolute rejection of this trend towards bumpy, you know, I, SLS being an engineering marvel that it is. It still looks like someone. It still looks like a 12-year-old kid kit-bashed a space shuttle model and a Saturn V and went, look at my cool new rocket. Sorry, guy. I mean, I know it's a masterpiece of engineering, but come on. Yep, yep. It's it's not a starship. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we, 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 we wiggled out a podcast on this one. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, we we managed to pull another podcast out of our beer glasses, <laughs> <laughs> out of the rectum of inspiration. Yes. All right. So uh, join us next time when we talk about something that, that we have yet to figure out. <laughs> <laughs>
You'll know when we know, folks. <laughs> all right. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Hasta la vista.